dangers of the night, although that is possible. It's really because the road conditions are bleak. There ain't no street lights on the highway. The only lights are from the cars. So when there's no other cars, it's just you. And there's potholes and road hazards you can't see until it's too late. And then boom, you're fucked and there's nothing for hours. Or worst case scenario, the big black cows, like I said, you don't see them until it's too late. When people hit that, it's like hitting 10 deer. And as you drive on this highway, right, and we're trying to make it, um, we're trying to make it to this city of Guerrero Negro, right? Uh, and we're trying to crash out. But as you drive, when you drive on this highway in Mexico, whether it's Highway 1 or Highway 5 in the Baja, there's um, memorials around you, right? There, there's reminders of death. There's these little shrines that get built by family and friends of people who have passed away on the highway, whether it's... An, I mean, they're all accidents, whether, you know, they hit a black cow, a pothole, a truck, or just bad driving, who knows? But there's there's remnants of, of lives, you know, everywhere. There's memories that you're getting shown and you're 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 reminded of it, that death is there. You see these shrines. Some are just real simple. Some is a little cross. You know, sometimes they just nail a little cross in the ground where it was. Some people build, you know, actual shrines the size where a person could stand in there and, and pray. Some are very elaborate. And, you know, people, you'll see people pull over on the side of the road even paying their respects at these places. So you're reminded as you make this treacherous drive on these windy mountains with a guardrail that couldn't save a fucking remote control car and all these dangers that like, yeah, dude, a lot of people have traversed this, this road before and not made it. And these aren't always drunk drivers and crazy drivers, although I'm sure there is. Sometimes it's just the, the, the occurrences that take place on there. So you already got that stress. And then you got these cops fucking with you, and you're just trying to get back and cross that border. But we paid the first one. Now, usually this drive from where we are in the southern Baja back to Los Angeles, it's three days, two nights. You're breaking it up because you got to use the daylight only, and then by the time dusk arrives, you got to settle in somewhere safely. Now, hotels, all closed. In fact, when you drive on the highway, sometimes there's little towns and villages like on the highway, you know what I'm saying, right off the roads. Some you take, a, a, you would turn off the main road to go to. You can't go down those ones, you know? They got those shits blocked off with, with, with checkpoints and uh, either the municipal police, the local police, or the federalists. They won't let people into those towns because I get it. You're trying to protect because of, of the virus, and that's smart. Right? These aren't places of tourism. Tourism's closed down anyway. The hotels are closed down. Why should any outsiders be let in? So what the rule was um, on the Baja where they were instructing people to sleep because the, the, the campsites, right, beaches and shit closed off. So you can't even pull to some of these beaches, which I've surfed and camped at before, can't even go there. They're recommending, or I should say not recommending, they're instructing people to sleep in the Pemex stations, which is the, the gas stations. Now, all right, I've you know, slept in the car before and fucking... New York City and other parts of the country. I've slept in weird places, public places, outdoors, rooftops, in vomit on trash bags, you know. This time, we, we, we've reserved the fact in our minds we're going to sleep in the car. We're going to have to sleep in the car, which is fine, but you want to find a chill place to do it. Now, we got a packed-ass SUV full of shit. I don't want to sleep in a gas station that's in one of those towns on the highway because then people are going to see a car parked there, California plates, and then people know it there. You'd hope for maybe a gas station that's in the middle of nowhere, more in the cut, or something like that. So we come to this town, Guerrero Negro. It's more than halfway. We pushed it. The snake man did some motherfucking driving. And not even speeding, just less highway traffic. I made some time. I'm trying to spend one night in, in Mexico instead of two. I'm trying to push it. So we get to Guerrero Negro, and there's a big military base in that town, which is comforting. The military 
uh, police in Mexico, I would say, pretty fucking cool. They treat you chill. I've never really had any problems with them except for one time, me and two of my boys, we were uh, camp surfing in, uh, around Punto San Jacinto, or Camelu, I believe. And it was nighttime. We were camping with a little fire on the beach, and then a, a hummer of six military dudes rolled up with motherfucking machine guns the whole nine, just popped out like, what the fuck y'all doing here? Where you come from? Why are you here? I kicked it to them in Spanish, and they were cool, and they bounced. No bribes, no nothing. It's usually the federales and the municipal police that you got to... You gotta keep an eye out for. So anyway, we get to Guerrero Negro. Uh, no hotels. There's one hotel that says, "Yeah, you can park in our parking lot." So we get there, and it's right in the little center of the highway town. But it's mad fucking cars and people chilling, and it, the sun ain't gone down. And I just don't feel super comfortable right there. How am I gonna start to relax? There? There's a million eyes on you, and we're like, hmm. So right on the other side of that, right on the I guess you could say the outskirts of the town going north. We see a little RV hotel, motel, campground. And this shit looks rough, rugged, gross, nasty, run down. You wouldn't sleep inside it even if it was open. Fear of bed bugs and such. But we ain't try, trying to go in. We're just trying to sleep in the parking lot. So we pull around back because the front's closed. We see the old, uh, an old gentleman. He looks like the proprietor. What's up, Kelly? V555. The proprietor guy, my girl hops out, kicks it to him in Spanish, and he's cool with his crashing there. He just wants 100 pesos, which is like seven bucks, to, to, to park there in the back. Fine, not a problem. In fact, it's in your best interest sometimes to throw people bones, to, to, to hook people like this up, because then they're going to look out for you. They're more inclined to look out for you because you looked out for them versus trying to get a free ride, because then they don't really give a fuck, right? So he also unlocks the doors to these two bathrooms that are not in like the motel rooms. They're kind of in like a, I don't know, a public area. Uh, we use them the initial first time, and uh, that would be the last time. I mean, these are grimy, grimy. They make the fucking bathroom conditions and the highway gas stations look impeccable. So uh, we're going to opt out for the future to use nature's bathroom, which is fine. We all good for that. So whatever. We're thinking, all right, cool. We got a little safe spot. We're not in view of the highway. We're behind this building. It's closed. Ain't nobody here. We are chilling. We're going to be able to get a little rest, get up, you know, when the sun rises and, uh, you know, get get our way back to California. Or so we think. So we think. All right. Yeah, double fisting. Water, white wine. Water, white wine. We're, we're trying to get ready for bed. A little anxiety running through you. It's hard to relax. Can't smoke no ganja with me. I don't bring any driving on the highway in Mexico. That's crazy. Uh, and I'm not even drinking or nothing like that. So we're just trying to go to bed on our own merit. My girl's watching something on her phone. Uh, uh, I'm reading a book. We got the windows cracked. You know, we're trying to lay down this car. I'm a big dude, man. I'm six fucking two, 200 pounds. My girl's about 5'4", so it's a little easier for her. But we're in the front seats. The whole SUV's packed, so you can't lay down. You ain't getting cozy. We got a little sleeping bag and pillows. I've reclined my seat as far as I can. I'm trying to stretch my fucking long legs out. This is like, it's not as bad as flying coach, but this shit's uncomfortable. I'm trying to stretch. You're trying to move around. You're trying to, you're trying to, you know, get cozy in there. It's impossible. It's impossible. Um, uh, but we're trying. So it's about, I don't know, 10.30 at night. The, the sun is set. I'm trying to get cozy. It's quiet. Right? Now, there's some younger kids. When I mean younger, I mean about 20 years old. Uh, the hotel is closed, but they're in one of the rooms staying there. They talk 
often with the proprietor guy. So I'm thinking, all right, maybe they related. Maybe they're local. Maybe they stay there as an apartment. Maybe they kind of, because he lives there too. Maybe they family. They're chilling. They can hear them in their hotel room. They're young kids. They're harmless. Just whatever. So we're sleeping. There's no other cars. There's no other cars in the back lot than a yellow taxi. And you don't see these in rural parts of Mexico as much either. This ain't the city. Yellow taxi now pulls into the back parking lot right near us. Uh, me and my girl are awake, but the lights are off in the cab. But we watch. This yellow taxi pulls up, and we're listening. Keen. Now, they might think we're asleep in the car, but this yellow taxi comes about 10 feet from the car. 10 feet from the car. The two kids come out of their room, and they walk right up to it. And what proceeds to happen? Of course, man, just a friendly drug transaction. All right? Uh, this isn't a fucking, like, 100-kilo deal. This isn't a big thing. But they just copping some shit. We're listening to what they're saying in Spanish. They're making a joke about what they're buying. It's like, oh, this is for sleep. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, if it was really for sleep, they might have been copping some ganja, maybe some pills or something. No, no, what they're copping is uppers. And I, how do I know? Well, A, we're listening. And B, what would ensue later? Now it's unclear what kind of uppers... They would be copping. In Mexico, there's uh, popular ones such as cocaine and meth. We're in, not northern Baja, but we're in the middle, and it's rural. Hi, Lindsay McNeil. Um, so it's unclear you know, what sometimes certain things are more affordable. Obviously, meth tends to be cheaper. That's what it could be. We don't know. We know the boys are drinking because we've seen them come back with some uh, bottles of beer and shit from the gas station. So now they're in their room, and we thought we had a nice, quiet little sanctuary in the middle of nowhere to sleep. Um, now it's getting a little noisy. They're partying, they're singing along to music and shit. And then they're not malicious. Ain't nobody fucking with us, even though it was weird that a little drug deal took place 10 feet from the car while we were sleeping. Uh, and then their friend in the taxi drove off. But it's fucking loud. These dudes are loud, and they're singing, and we're trying to toss. And I'm trying to turn and get cozy, and we just can't get fucking cozy. What up, Noah Skills? Not only can we not get cozy, these dudes are fucking raging. And I feel them. It was Saturday night. It's Saturday night, and we're just trying to drive back to the States. It's their Saturday night. They're trying to have fun. I'm not going to hate on them. I'm not a fucking fun police, but, dude, it's like they're raging, and it's going late, and it's hard for us to sleep. And it kind of keeps you on edge because they keep kind of coming and going from the fucking hotel room to around the front where we can't see what's going on around the front of the building. Maybe they're buying more beer. Who knows? But they're definitely up and out of and restless. Uh, so that makes for a real, real unpleasant sleep. My girl finally knocks out. My big ass is tossing and turning all night. I probably logged in about five hours, waking up every half hour with crooks in my neck. Um, but when we wake up, at least we know these kids ain't up because they've been up all night partying, so they, they're fucking cashed out. They're only buddy awake besides us. I see a guy from a house far, far off in the distance with a construction helmet on. He walks by what looks like his work shit. And it's gray and foggy in the morning, and uh, we're ready to get the fuck up out of there, dude. We, we piss outside, we wash our hands, brush our teeth with water in the fucking thing, and we're ready for our second day. And we're like, fuck it, dude, we pushing it. We're going to push it all day today, drive maybe 12 hours to cross the border at night so we don't have to do another night in the cut in Mexico. All good, baby, we out, we out. So what we do, we start driving again. And it's glorious, there's nice weather. We're having a gay old time, fucking... We even pull over to this little, in the middle of nowhere, cut, jump in the water for a bit. It's nice. It's hot. It's about like 90 degrees. We swim. We're not supposed to because the beaches are all closed off. I know that wasn't cool, but you know, what the fuck, dude? And then we get back in the car. We change. We're driving about 10 minutes. What happens again, dude? My fucking luck. The Federales. Dude, they fucking love the snake, man. 
This will mark the third negative interaction with the cops in Mexico within a, a, a three to four week period. I, I haven't got fucked with the cops like that in a long time, since a different life ago. Anyway, now this time, the guy's got a little, like a speed trap up, right? There's two cop cars in the middle of this highway. There's already another car with uh, U.S. plates. I believe Cali plates also already pulled over, talking with another officer. They pull us over. Uh, they finished up with this guy in front of us, whatever he drives off. Guy comes over, and he's cool. He's cordial. Same thing, man. Take the license. Oh, you were speeding. Well, you know, ain't been a fucking speeding, uh, speed limit sign in forever. And I'm going maybe 30 miles an hour on a highway. And we're saying, oh, well, when you come out of that town down there for this stretch, it's only whatever miles per hour, kilometers per hour. And then it changes. I can't see the signs. And down there, dude, you ain't fighting these fucking tickets, bro. You, you're not playing backseat Lincoln lawyer down this motherfucker. So he hits me with the whole thing. All right, Jake, um, would you step out of the car? Comes over. Uh, I go over there. He shows me what the fine is for my speeding. And it's, it's uh, the equivalent of 5,239 pesos or some shit like that, right? which is like 250 US dollars or roughly. And he says, well, when's the next time you're coming, coming back down here? Um, I say, I don't know, man. My father's got you know, cancer. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get back to the States, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, thing is, you got to pay this. And if you pay it within X amount of time, it'll give you a discount. If you take longer, they're going to hit you in the head. But you got to pay this ticket in Mexicali, which is the border we're going to cross. I said, okay, well, can I go there and pay it now? He's like, well, it's a problem, man. It's Sunday. It is. It's Sunday. Shit shut down. What am I going to do? He's like, well, I'm going to have to stay so you can pay it tomorrow in Mexicali. What? Fuck no. Uh, I know where this is going. So I, I play along. I know the rule now. Good. Okay, officer. Is there a way I can pay this now to avoid having to wait overnight here or in Mexicali and pay it tomorrow? He's like, oh, let me ask my superior, who is the other officer sitting in the truck with his feet up on the phone. What's up, special blend? So he's got his feet up on the phone. He's chilling. Now, I know he says he's got to ask his superior officer, go through the formalities, make it look real. I get it. I get it. I get it. So while he's going over and doing this, mind you, the other car that was pulled over in front of me also had Cali plates on. A car flies by us while these two cops are standing right there. Fucking flies going way more than twice of whatever the speed limit I was. They don't give a fuck about them. They had Mexican plates. And this is, I'm not complaining about it. This is just the way a lot of places do it. Countries, even America, everybody fucks with foreigners. That's the advantage you have when you're a local and uh, other people aren't. And you just got to deal with it. I'm not complaining. I'm just telling a story. So he comes back from talking to his superior. Of course, the superior said yes. So he's like, all right. Problem is, I've used most of my pesos on bribing this other cop and gas and things like that. I'm trying not to use my card and shit down there. I just wanted to get rid of all these pesos. So I said, you know, in Spanish, I'm like, hey, man, what is it? Can I pay you in U.S. dollars? So I, I fork over to do 260 U.S., because I don't have change to break it to 250, which is the equivalent of this expensive-ass ticket. And now at least it doesn't hit my insurance. At least it doesn't give me points on the motherfucking license. But it's just another stressful thing. And I'm like, fuck, man. And I'm about five, five hours, four and a half hours from the border. And now I'm shook to even go a mile over the speed limit, because who knows where the fuck these cops are lurking. There's no traffic, but they out there, man. They're getting motherfuckers, because they know people are going north right now. Nobody's coming down south. They know people are going north, and they want to go north. They want to go bad. They're not returning from vacations. They're not going home for anything else. They've kind of got a, 
a sense of urgency with their return, right? Because of this virus or whatever. So they know people are going to want to go back by any means. And if that means got to pay a little something, well, shit, you got to pay a little something. So we're trying to go and we're fucking getting close to the border. No cops make it through that motherfucking border. Of course, um, Mexicali is a major port of entry. I usually go through Tecate, Ote Mesa, a little more chill. Tijuana is pretty hectic too. But we go through Mexicali because it means less time in Mexico, more driving in the States. But big fucking deal. I got AAA. I got all kinds of other things in case my vehicle fails me. Go through this. They th send us through the second um, level of check where, you know, like you show your passports, all that shit. Then they send you over there. You fucking, yep, I got taxed like a motherfucker, baby. You go over there, and they, they, they make you step out the car. You pop the, the hood, the trunk. They walk around your vehicle with this little thing. Now, they didn't send the vehicle through the big x-ray. They got these joints down there where they'll, they'll have you get out the car, and your whole whole car gets x-rayed. That way they can see if you got shit, you know, some of my criminality peoples out there, you might know. You can hide things in the, in the door paneling, in, in the wheel well paneling of, of, of vehicles. You can flatten drugs and have them packaged in such a way, uh, guns and things like that. On the way into Mexico, the authorities are more worried about people bringing in, um, what up, Lucky, uh, firearms and things like that, right? On the way back, they're worried about drugs coming in the States. Rightfully so. I get it. And these border officials, they deal with crazy shit all the time. Uh, they're less than pleasurable towards us, less than polite, pretty aggressive. So, like, they want us to get out the car, so the guy's like, all right, guys, out the car. So, you know, we're unhooking our fucking, uh, what do you call them shit, safety belts and opening the door. And the guy's like, come on, guys, quick. I mean, we, do, we haven't even had a second to put our foot on the ground. So we out of the car and takes our passports, does all this shit. And then he's like, all right, you guys are good to go. Get out of here. And then we go, uh, excuse me, sir, um, we have the passports. He's like, I don't have them. You have them. And, and we look. We don't because we gave them to them. I'm like, oh, sorry, um, we don't. I believe you still do. He's like, all right, hold on. Fucking storms off. Of course, he had the passports. They're back over by the little fucking computer desk thing. Tosses them back, gets us out of there. Whew, crossed that motherfucking border, boy. God damn, it felt good. Not like we was doing anything crazy illegal, but we just went through such adventures. Uh, and it felt good. And I do. I drove 12 hours each day instead of breaking it up because I just wanted to... And then when we crossed the border, we was like, man, we could crash in California and then drive to L.A. the next morning. Hell no, dude. Still have that adrenaline pumping. Drove to L.A. that night. Got home uh, when it was dark. It felt great. Slept like a motherfucking baby in our own bed. And uh, new adventures here. Right now we're back to um, not real life. It was real life the whole fucking time. Just a different level of real life. Uh, readjusting to now being in like a big city with mad motherfuckers, dude. Mad motherfuckers. There's no skill, special bleasy. Um, you know, we were in a, a town of 9,000. It's a little easier to navigate shit. And uh, now we're back in Los Angeles, which is like, I don't know, six milli, something crazy. But we're playing it low-key and, and, and doing things. Um, writing right now is, is something that's fucking keeping my mind sane. My girl's doing all kinds of ill, uh, I don't know what you call it, natural or holistic um, work making teas and tinctures and inhalable things and shit for the respiratory and all that righteous shit. So we're staying active and we're exercising in the crib. It's like a goddamn workout zone in here. Uh, that feels good. And then um, just trying to like come down from that that whole adventure, dude, was fucking gnarly, bro. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why I was ranting, but uh, <laughs> I think I had to. Um, 
And then the other day, my friend was like, yo, we should all meet up and do like a social distance snack time and, and, and get some motherfucking food. We could go to like a, some burgers or like a taco truck. And I was like, bro, I'm straight on um, some Mexican food right now. And, um, you know, if you overeat some shit, bro, you, you're good for a little while. Um, but it's it's interesting being back and readjusting. And my podcast game has fallen off a little because I usually have a, a schedule, a weekly one. And I usually have a guest on. That's like my format. It's conversations. That's what Damage Goods is. I'm still conversing, conversing, conversating, talking with you guys. Um, and I want to do ones where I'm, I'm, I'm Zooming or Skyping dudes in. And I have a bunch set up like that. But because I was in Mexico dealing with crazy shit, I didn't have the ability to have a, a schedule. And since I got back in L.A., dude, I literally have been... It was like coming down off a, a, a drug or drinking binge. I swear to God. Like, the not just the drive back, but the whole fucking time down there was just like an intense adrenaline rush. And then that drive back is crazy. And you get back and you're just like whew, coming down for a few days, got to rest, relax, kind of like let your, I don't know, emotions settle, your body settle. You know, get used to that shit again. It, it fucking whew, feels good, dude. It's crazy, right, too, because everyone was bitching about, or still is probably about, I can't get a haircut or, a, you know, a manicure or, like, whatever. You know, pamper yourself and, and just look right. My girl is a hairdresser, a hairstylist, and a good one. I have, look uh, you look at my fucking wig. What's a little matted down because of uh, the hat? Dude, I haven't cut it at all since early March, not because I couldn't do my girl could fucking lace me, just was so busy and crazy, I just didn't get around to it, um, and now it's like kind of longish, and I was like, man, maybe I should grow my shit back out, get that old snake man hair back, my girl said, no, don't do that, so I'm probably gonna get a cut soon, but it looks fucking nuts, dude, um, but dude, does it really matter, right, I mean, who you, who you gotta get fresh for, now sometimes we do it because it makes us feel good, right, it gives us a little sense of quote-unquote normalcy it reminds us of how we used to motherfucking uh get that perm back yeah maybe i have to get that perm back special blend what up john martin but it's like the the give a fuck meter is low right for all of us right now i think there's 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 priorities and shit we got right we're just trying to stay healthy we're trying to take care of maybe uh how we're gonna make money pay for things maybe we got family like my whole shit is with my father I, i'm real focused on that and what I got to do for him and what I can do. And then also me and my girl taking care of ourselves and staying physically and mentally healthy. My give a fuck meter for the less important things is low. Things like this, situations like this. Try blazer, baby. Things like this kind of put our priorities in perspective, right? And we start to give a fuck about the real important things. Our health, our family, our physical and, and mental well-being. And, and doing things we like to do that, that provide feelings of good shit whether they're very gratifying things like like meditating or praying or reading or uh certain shit that gives you a deep feeling to little simple things like watching movies and reading books that are entertaining or household chores and painting shit or whatever dude all that's all good um and then the the things that are less significant kind of fall to the wayside and sometimes that might be what you look like people make these jokes they ain't sweats and mesh shorts and shit all day. And that's fine, dude. I'm, I'm wearing sweats right now. And then I put on pants with bell loops and go out and do an errand or even if just in the crib. It's all good. And and you don't have to give a fuck about certain shit right now. Give a fuck about the important things. Um, I've I've changed as a man in my, uh, in my life about giving a fuck. When I used to be a musician and did music, I think I gave a fuck too much. And it's funny because a lot of musicians, especially a lot of people in the hip-hop industry, I don't give a fuck, don't give a fuck. Like, that's a, 
it's almost part of the ethos. It's purported by many people, whether it's authentic or or artificial, um, that could be debated, but it's there. People like to say it because people want to hear it. People want to hear that you don't give a fuck. It's like liberating. They can live, uh, people can live vicariously through you if, if you say you don't give a fuck. It kind of makes you appear as like a rebel to them to not give a fuck and maybe they can start to not give a fuck and there's a sense of freedom with it, right? But I've always said this, that those who claim, and this is in my book, Quicksand, uh, available now on Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kindle, ebook, select mom and pop bookstores that are probably closed. Anyway, those that claim and, and broadcast the most that they don't give a fuck actually probably give the most of fucks because you're telling everybody. Um, and it's okay to give a fuck. There's certain things I give a fuck about. Family, friends, health, certain political and social issues, artistic things. It's okay to give a fuck about some shit. And when I was a musician, I think I gave a fuck maybe about some of the wrong things too. Like what people thought of me, is this business relationship going to benefit me? Um, am I going to excel my career? Ooh, is that, if I say this or write that song, is it going to hinder my progress? Shit like that. And when I got out of that aspect of the music industry, even though I still work in music and entertainment, and then being able to broadcast on a, on a podcast or, or a radio show or my book, I get to be completely not giving a fuck. I'm not beholden to these artificial relationships and political games that exist in that part of the music industry. It's fucking awesome. It's so liberating. I love it. So I don't give a fuck so much anymore. I'm not a single dude out there at the bars trying to like bag chicks and impress chicks. I fucking have an awesome relationship with my girl. I dress up and still get fly because I like to for myself. But if I look a little crazy or whatever, and honestly, dude, even when I was single, I was dressing, looking a little wild and crazy, not caring. That shit worked in my favor. Because I think people... People can sense when you don't give a fuck and, uh, and know when it's authentic and real and they like that. So like even when I didn't care and shit, like girls thought that was interesting or, or, or intriguing. Or there was a mystique about it. Um, and you know, like you might care about what kind of car you drive because it'll get girls or, or dudes or what girls who care about what, you know, what they're wearing or how they're dressed to get attention. And when you stop caring about certain things like that, when you're afforded the ability to, it's fucking liberating, dude. The weight's just fly off your back it feels so fucking good uh special blend said say queensbridge i'm not sure why but queensbridge but you know i don't care about what kind of car i drive i like driving like um suv vehicles so i can go surfing and pack the car with mad shit and stuff like that i don't need some foreign like german automobile to drive around to impress motherfuckers i don't care there's things i want because i i either need them or certain things i like and then the other shit i don't give a fuck about and that not give a fuck meter is is like very much in check for me right now. I've got my priorities, my my health, the well-being, that of my girlfriends and my families and trying to do things for my father, checking in on my family back in the East Coast. And, and, and my friends too. I check in my people in California, fucking Boston, Puerto Rico, New York, wherever the fuck they are. Those are the things that I give a fuck about now. And a lot of the other shit falls to the wayside. Um, and it feels good. And I, I wonder if this time in lockdown, quarantine, isolation, whatever you want to call it, if, if, it's, if you are finding yourself giving less of a fuck about the non-essentials and giving a fuck about those important things, you know? When we are driving back, you know, Mexico and shit, I give a fuck about the car working and running and making it over the border in one piece with most of the money still, right? Fucks are selective these days, Special Blend says. And they are, man. Um, it sucks that crazy bad situations 
happen and have to happen at times for people to realize their priorities about what they care about, what they don't. But it's one of the things you could take away. It's one of the lessons. It's it's um it's one of the upsides to it is it kind of can reprioritize what you care about and who you care about and what you don't. And, and, and that's great. Like, you know, I'm not saying you should have like a messy fucking crib unless you really want to. Like, I don't give a fuck if it's a pigsty. That's fine. That's your thing. Uh, or you could look crazy and shit. I, I'm not saying disregard your, your well-being, uh, like, because that's a, I don't give a fuck about it. But I mean, you know, the non-important shit, dude. You should, I think you should give a fuck about your health. And I don't mean your appearance, like what your hair looks like, what your, your gear looks like that day. But are you, are you healthy, like physically active? And I don't mean looking ripped and tight and fit in that fucking uh, archetype body that society says you need or whatever. Excuse me for the burps. Um, bourbon. Bourbon. But you know what I'm saying? Like like looking healthy. My girl told me last night we were laying on the couch and she's like, oh, you look like my poppy again. Because then my face, dude, I don't know if you guys, most of you might have seen some of the videos from when I was in Mexico. Dude, I looked fucking crazy. I was sleeping so little. And under such constant stress, I had bags under my eyes. Like, my face was going on vacation. There was bags under my eyes. I was in Mexico in the sun, but I was still kind of pale. I was not eating regular. Or if I was, I was just full of anxiety and moving around so much. I was skinnier than I had been in fucking so long. And I probably just didn't look rested. Like, when the phone would ring, I would jump like fucking PTSD all the time. I'm kind of coming down off that now. I'm looking more like myself. That's what I mean by looking healthy, you know? And I do think there was something to keeping your house a little clean and it, it feels better. You, you know, it, 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 you're just taking care of your quarters. Make I like to make the bed after we wake up. Well, my girl does. You know, things like that. Give a fuck about those things. The less important shit, man, let it fall by the wayside. And maybe... Maybe when things ease up a little bit, you can go back to giving a fuck about the less essentials if that's your fucking thing. I don't know. I I just like giving a fuck about my family and friends and, and health and well-being and, and, and a few other things. The rest of that shit, I don't got the time for. Like, I don't know, man. You ever find yourself in some group texts or group chats with your boys and sometimes you maybe don't check in for a little while because you're busy. And then you find they're on some topic and you just don't have the time or the energy to go back through the fucking archives or the texts and jump in or you just don't care or you're handling some shit you in the middle of something whether it's a fun artistic thing or you're doing some work on the house or you're you're doing your taxes or you're handling a family affair or or, or having an important conversation with somebody the other shit can fucking wait dude prioritize and you only you know what that shit is man ain't no one else's place to really tell you what your priorities are um, I mean, unless that's like your significant other or your kids or some shit, maybe they have a little leeway to tell you what's important and what's not. But I mean, look, if if painting all your furniture is important, go fucking paint that furniture. If if getting high and watching movies is important, go ahead. As long as you ain't infracting upon another person's safety or personal space, go ahead, dude. If you want to drink all day because it's important to you to keep your stress level low. Might not be the best thing in the world for your liver and shit, but dude, go ahead, man. It, it, that's fine. But there's other healthy things you can do that that make you feel good. Whatever you give a fuck about, it's uh, is your world. Freedom is an important thing. Um, freedoms are defined differently in various countries and for different people, even within the same country, right? I myself, uh, an Irish, Polish, white man in America, my freedom's a little different than. Uh, you know, like my girlfriend is like a Latina black woman in, in America. It's a little, di- you know, a little different what the freedoms mean, even though it generally applies to us all. So 
you know, having freedoms is is an important thing. I, and I'm, you know, I am concerned about how they may dwindle in the coming times due to ramifications of this whole situation we're dealing with here right now. So, you know, be thankful for what freedoms you do got. Uh, oh, special blend. You're too kind, brother. Um, be thankful for the freedoms you do got. Exercise them if, as long as they don't infract upon others. And when I mean freedom, I don't mean go be an asshole and protest to be out there for no fucking reason and bringing your bazooka into a subway to order and being an idiot like that. I'm just saying, you know, do the things that are important to you. Take care of yourself and, and don't give a, a, a fuck about the bullshit. Yes. So what am I going to do today? I'm going to do important things and not give a fuck about the bullshit. Or at least you tell yourself that. Sometimes you got to remind yourself. All right, y'all. This episode of the Damaged Goods Podcast was brought to you by Elite Botanicals. Elite Botanicals is originally the CBD division of Elite Cannabis. If you guys have heard me talk about them, you know this is my favorite CBD product out there. The only one that truly works. I swear by it. That's why I'm endorsing them, not for any other reason. And now they're back with their new line for your little pets, Whole Pet CBD. They are one of the first companies farming high CBD cannabis under industrial hemp rigs. They've been working with CBD since 2013 with one of the first licensees in Colorado. Also, they've been working with Colorado State University since 2016 on their canine research study with CBD. So they know what they're doing. Their focus is providing farm-to-table product that uses the best ingredients possible, ultra-refined, distilled, full-spectrum CBD oil at high potency for reasonable pricing. That's the problem. Most of these other guys are overpriced for their non-working stuff. This allows for effective dosing and a 30-day-plus supply per unit. For the pets, they've got drops that go on their food or in their mouth. they got chicken and salmon-flavored ones. They've got soft gel capsules. they got a gravy powder. You just sprinkle that over their food or put a couple of water in there, and it makes a nice little gravy mix chocked full of CBD, glucosamine, and omegas for their joints. They've got nose and toes balm for cracked noses and paws, and they got some all-natural treats on the way. All this is available at wholepetcbd.com. Elite Cannabis, Elite Botanicals, and now Whole Pet CBD, all from Elite. Go check it out.